to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Steve, your host. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This podcast is about how to be a better you. Sometimes we interview a variety of people to help you to look at things from a different perspective. Sometimes I talk with my co-host, Keith Brown, who is a Marine veteran and theologian. Together with a therapeutic view or a theologian point of view, we try to give you fresh ideas how to look at things in a different perspective. Steve, I want to ask you a couple of questions today. Um, What was it maybe... uh, when you first realized that you wanted to get into, into ministering um, and to serving and blessing others uh, through something like Coach Soul? You know, Keith, uh, it, it's interesting because back when I was in high school, I remember wanting to be a psychologist or a doctor. And I allowed my parents to kind of talk me out of becoming that because they were afraid I would blame them for things like psychology used to do back in the day. You know, it's not about blaming my parents. It's not about blaming any parent uh, because parents can do the best that they can with the knowledge they have at that time. Um, So I had gotten into a college. I was disc jockeying for a while, uh, DJing for a radio station in Oklahoma City. And then uh, I, I started milling about and doing youth ministry, working with kids. That was my passion, working with teens and adolescents. And then uh, just, I found out it wasn't my cup of tea. And uh, I went into the military uh, to have my college loans paid back and um, went from military, got out, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1996. And I worked for MCI WorldCom as a telecommunications engineer. And then uh, off and on through some uh, hardship of a divorce that took place with my children, Uh, I realized that uh, going through that process is what made me to decide, you know what, I need to get into therapy. Um, Not only for healing for myself, I I sought for therapy. Um, Didn't like how some therapists took kind of uh, some sides, not all therapists do that. Um, But it was a rough patch at that time that made me decide, you know what, Uh, a lot of people said I need to get into becoming a therapist. So back in 2009, my life changed. Um, I rededicated myself to God. I was baptized again. And I was just wholeheartedly full with the spirit of going back to school. And I said, God, you know what? Uh, if you want me to do this, then you need to provide the way. And he did. He provided student loans for me to go. And uh, in 2012, I graduated from Liberty University with a master's in counseling. And that started my journey. Uh, and becoming a therapist. That's awesome that you're taking some of the challenges and the opportunities both that you've had in life and allowing uh, the Lord and a life to shape that in a way that is maybe helping you realize your your greater calling in life and, and serving and blessing other people. Well, I wish I could say it was easy, Keith. Uh, It it really wasn't. It was a very difficult, challenging past uh, in trying to reconcile my own uh, demons, if you will, and working through those things. Not not that I had anything that was uh, addiction or anything. It was more of relationships, how how to have healthy relationships. 
Uh, I was born with a, um, a birth defect. And with my parents, I didn't get a chance to bond very well. My dad was in the Air Force and served 26 years. Thank you for his service. Uh, I love my parents. It was just a challenging time growing up in that atmosphere that due to attachment disorder uh, that I did have caused um, difficulty in relationships. And uh, through therapy and becoming a therapist, it helped me uh, to realize the passion that I have for people because I realized I'm not the only one that's gone through this. Um, 20, what was it? 20, yeah, 2013, I was initially diagnosed with cancer. It went into remission for about five years. Um, by this time, I had remarried and um, uh, things popped up in regards to my health and the person I was married to left. And that was really hard. And when I found out in 2018, I had a 34% chance of living uh, due to my cancer by 2021. That was hard. Um, and, and dealing with a lot of these things, you lose a spouse, uh, the job, the hospital I was working at had closed. Um, didn't know I was still a candidate. And when you have chemo, it's really hard to take a test. Uh, six times I failed, even missing by one point. And by the seventh time, I uh, got in there, passed the exam, became a therapist. And I just wrestled. I wrestled with God. I wrestled with life at that time. Uh, so that's the reason why I have a passion and being able to help people. Because the good news, uh, as long as you don't kill me or I walk in front of a bus, <laughs> I have a long life uh, to live right now. That's awesome. You know, there's things because you and I visited over the last few years about a few things. I hope you don't mind. Is I remember you told me a story about when you were in the hospital and sometimes you might go through um, long stretches where you really didn't get to see, um, you know, somebody you know, in the family that, you know, that you loved and you, you, you were, it was a lonely time, I think for you. How, how, how does that play into you wanting to be a therapist? I just have a lot of empathy for people um, because we, we think that we, we isolate ourselves and we become alone and we don't have, um, I think sometimes the pride gets in a way of asking people to, for help. Uh, because a lot of us, you know, we give a lot and when we give, it's hard to receive sometimes. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I had three good friends during this time period when it was just me not knowing whether or not I was going to live or not, whether I'm going to have a house to live in, whether I'm going to have a career to, to make ends meet. Am I going to live on the streets? All these things were coming at me, but I had three good friends and then uh, my faith really struggled at this time and believing, is there a God? Um, now you had, you had already been, you'd already been a minister by this time. Isn't that right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, that was the first two, three years of uh, graduate. Well, two years uh, during college and, and after graduation, I spent time ministering to other people and, and working with teens. But um, 
you know, Keith, it just, uh, when, when life hits, uh, and it hits you hard and suppresses you like a, uh, a, um, a wine press, it just squeezes the life out of you. You begin to wrestle and you begin to wonder what is your purpose? Oh, yes. It, yes. You know, and uh, when you when, when you think about what your your, your purpose is, it, it sometimes it's difficult because you're in the thick of the darkness. Uh, sometimes I just feel like I walked through hell, stepped on the fire brimstone, and I got scathed coming out. Uh, but there was so much healing that came from that that gave me the confidence, the motivation, the passion to be able to share this story, to be able to let others know you're not alone. And I think when we struggle is when we realize we get trapped in our mind. And I did that sometimes, and I wrestled with God. There was a point that uh, I started asking, why me? Why? And I realized how judgmental that question is. When we say why, uh, that's a judgmental question. It's too easy when, kid, when parents ask, well, why did you do that? I'll give you four answers. I don't know. A lie, blame, or excuse every time that you talk to a kid. But when I think about why, and I ask God why, that wasn't the right answer or question. I began to ask, what do I need to learn from this? Mm-hmm. And it made me think about what are the opportunities? What is my purpose? And I had to learn how to embrace this season of opportunity of where I'm at. You know, you mentioned mentioned a couple of things there that I want to touch on with you, if that's okay. There's there's a part where you're feeling alone. um, And and that I think probably if you're like me, because I felt that way myself, that that feeling of aloneness, um, sense of vacancy, as you're looking to um, a family member to be there that should be, but they're not, or um, a fellow minister or a fellow servant um, in the kingdom of God that you feel close to, but they're not there. Or maybe it was a leader in the military um, that you were going through and you were looking for them to do some mentoring with you and you're going through a tough time and, and they're not fulfilling. Or, and then it ends up, we, so we, we start with our family, then we, then we go to the church, then we go to our, our place of employment, and, um, and, and then we end up at God, with God, and we're like, where are you, God? And you're feeling like you're alone in this dark chasm, and you ask that question, as you, as you mentioned, you know, you know, why me, or why am I going through this? But then something happened in you that said, wait a minute. What can I learn from this? What what was it that sparked that thought in you? You know, Keith, it's uh, when, when I thought about the why question, I went back and I related to my attachment issue. I thought people could bring happiness. I thought that the, the wife that I was married to would be a long term. Um, you know, it, it, it's it you think about these things of being attached to what life has to offer. And I realized my purpose. I had to deal with my addiction to relationships. 
One of my friends brought that up and said, you know, you have an addiction. And I'm like, what? I don't have an addiction. I don't, I'm not addicted to porn. I'm not addicted to substance abuses. I'm not addicted to alcohol. But she says, no, but you're addicted to relationships. And that really struck my mind. And I thought, you know what? You're right. And this, what I'm going through, I had to realize that I had to stop being addicted to people and be addicted to God. Mm. He needed me to be there first, not everybody else. Mm. So, I, you know, as, um, as a minister myself and um, have done a lot of pastoral counseling myself, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, you know, I got out of the military. I had a lot of, I had childhood issues. Uh, I lost Marines in the military. Um, my lead, leadership sometimes disappointed me. And I think that cost lives or brought about injuries. Um, and so you go through these traumatic events in life and I didn't, I didn't go chase drugs. Um, I didn't chase the, the porn. I didn't chase the drugs, but I totally understand what you're saying is I tried to fill the gap by me throwing myself out there, serving as many people as I could, exhausting myself. And that was my addiction. And I think, you know what, there are probably a lot of people, not everybody is chasing a bottle, not everybody is chasing a drug, not everybody is chasing porn. Um, but there are, there may be more of us out here that are doing this ex acceptable, this, this acceptable, um, you know, uh, addiction where we're going around helping everybody all the time, exhausting ourselves and wearing ourselves out and maybe even violating some of our more close and more intimate relationships that we're supposed to be having with our, our closer friends and our closer families. And so I think maybe you could probably help, you know, you can help me to do better with that. And maybe there's others around us that also struggle with these same kind of things. You know, you, it's interesting that you bring this up because I had a, uh, a call uh, the other day for a young lady just crying in tears. Uh, I, I need some counseling. I, I need some marriage counseling. I need help. Uh, my husband says I, he, he berates me. He, he tells me I'm not good enough. And I try to do everything. I make his meals. I do this. And I'm like, you can't go chasing waterfalls, so to speak. Right. Uh, you you got to start working on yourself and getting healthy. And that's one of the things I had to learn is what is my identity? You know, Jesus actually, um, we, we miss this, you know, the, the two great commandments. Um, one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. The second one's like unto it, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And what what we get when we're preaching that, if we're preaching that message, and you've been a preacher and I've been a preacher. Um, hey guys, everybody here in the church, you need to be making sure you love God. And then you make sure you need to make sure that you're loving your neighbor. The part that we left out was, and Jesus didn't leave it out. He left it as the last thing said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Because we're not going to be able to love our neighbor until we allow God's love to come into our lives and then once that's there, we can take that back to our neighbor and share what God has imparted into us. And we we have, in an unjust way, not intentionally, but put a burden on people by asking them to love God and love their neighbor and never really taught each other how to love ourselves. And that's no, you're what you're absolutely, doing. 
You're absolutely right, uh, Keith. I, I've talked to several ministers, and I and I tell them, I say, look, we're we're good about teaching people loving God, loving your neighbor, but we're really poor at communicating about how do we love ourselves. We really don't know how because nowadays people think, well, you're a narcissist. It's funny. I people Google or look up things and say, well, he's a narcissist and and things of that nature. Maybe some people are not narcissist. Maybe they're just really selfish. Um, you know, there's a difference in between those things. I mean, it comes close, but and the maybe, bottom line maybe is, we're, is, maybe we're just Steve. Maybe we're just on a journey, and sometimes we're walking down the road of life, and we go between the guardrails. Sometimes we're over to the left side of the road. Sometimes we're to the the, the right side of the road. And when we even do this to ourselves, we judge. I judge myself. I judge myself so harshly, um, and I, you know, and you've probably been there. And what I think we need to go on a journey with ourselves and with Jesus and not be so hard on ourselves. But um, in order for you to continue on your journey of helping other people and me continue on mine helping other people, we have to we're encouraging each other right now. Don't judge ourselves so hard and so harshly that we put ourselves in a, in a dark place and in a trap that we can't get out of to do the thing that we want to do. We're never going to be good enough. But Jesus is. No, you're you're absolutely spot on. You know, and, and it's uh, it's difficult uh, to look at things. You know, um, it's almost like uh, Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror. You know, we we, we got to. It's it's a tough look when we look at that mirror, especially the emotional, the the feeling, the physical side of things. When we look at that, we don't want to face what we see. And we have to correct that vision a little bit better and knowing that um, we're better than what we're seeing. We just have to get outside of our mind. We allow our mind to trap. Uh, our thoughts are like chains. They prison us into our mind and don't allow us to escape outside of that. A lot of people, it's what I call the, uh, the little hurt child on the inside. We've oh, been yeah. hurt as a child and we stay there. But it's learning how do I come out? You know, it's it's how do I come outside of myself? And you know, what I had to learn uh, through all the the hell that I've been through, and life is uh, overwhelming abundant right now for me. Um, and I know there's going to be another season that's coming. But for the listeners listening to this broadcast, there were seven things that I realized that helped me to evaluate how to overcome. One, it's willpower. Uh, I admire those who went through the Holocaust and their willpower was their mindset of thinking about positive things. Today's society, we have so much negativity, uh, politics, news, lying about things. Uh, it, it takes a toll on us. And then when we get into our personal lives and we have negativity, we got commercials that says, if you don't buy our product, you're not good enough until you have our product. So it takes willpower to be able to push through what you're going through. Second, it takes motivation to stay focused. Weed out these negative messages. Uh, I, I call it a PBJ effect. It's a peanut butter jelly sandwich. If you think about it, you got bread on one side. You got the mix of peanut butter and jelly on the inside, and you got another piece of bread. So in other words, the breads are the two positives. 
So when we're talking to people, we need to give them, you know, Keith, I really appreciate how much you've been a friend to me, but I, I was hurt the other day by what you shared with me. And, you know, I, I just don't know I how shared. to take it. Right. Uh, but, you know, Keith, I, I really appreciate you listening and taking uh, fact. So what I just did to you was a PBJ, two positives and a negative. And I, I tell uh, managers, I, I've been um, uh, a director, managers of retail and, and restaurants in between uh, managing um, telecommunications. And so I tell people, you need to give positive affirmations to people. Give them a motivation to stay focused. And then I recognized that the season that I was in was only for a season. And if people can't accept it, then embrace it where you are and learn how to overcome it. I had to build healthy support systems. Uh, again, it's three friends that brought me through this uh, devastating time of my life. Um, and then uh, during that time, I went to see a therapist. Um, you know, we, we used to be in a culture where we didn't think about a therapist. Uh, oh, that's taboo. You're crazy. You're nuts. No, actually, it's a sign of strength and courage when you recognize I need to go talk to somebody, a professional about how to heal. And then I found things of interest. Photography is, is one of my great hobbies. I like going out to landscapes, waterfalls, you name it. I enjoy photography and taking the time and sharing my photos. Yeah. Amen. You know, and, and the final thing for me that overcame Keith, and I know we're fixing to run out of time here is my faith in God grew stronger because I allowed it. I saw the negativity and I thought, you know what, this is a matrix. Yes. The enemy likes to fool us in thinking that we can't overcome because we're in the thick of it. We're so hurt that we can't see the positives sometimes. And if we can just take that time and realizing that we can reach out to other people, and that's what Coach Soul is all about. It's life coaching about how, how do we take approach on different things? How can we look at different things? So I know you're coming from a ministerial uh, perspective. I'm coming from a therapeutic perspective. And we're just looking at humanism. Right. How do we combine all the three? What makes sense and what could help us get through life? Keith, I appreciate you uh, taking this time today and, and talking That's about really this stuff. Good. You know, one of the things that I'm reminded of is in the scriptures, you know, take, take time to cry with those who are crying and take time to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Um, you, you don't have to be on just one singular track. Life is sometimes very broad and goes off in myriad different ways. And it's, it's a journey. And, you know, Steve, you and I have been on a journey together for several years, and you've been a really big blessing to me. I have called you in tears. Uh, matter of fact, earlier today, I was going through with my PTSD, and I was having a bad moment, wondering if we were even going to be able to do this talk. And um, But I called you, and um, you, you visited with me for a few minutes, and then we took a break. I got something to eat, and I got I want to thank you because you, you've blessed me a lot. And even, you know, you've even called to check on me. And you're that kind of a person that truly cares about people, and you make a difference in people people's lives and I want to say thank you for being a blessing to me my honor to be thank you thanks for joining us today we hope to have you back next week until then be safe and be kind <laughs>